0: the principles behind regional innovation ecosystems, regional manufacturing uh, ecosystems, which is the basis of the stakeholder community that supports AMCC, is recognized as crucial to the uh, economic resurgence and recovery of the United States. And indeed, every federal program, the national agency, the National Science Foundation, the Economic Development Administration, the Department of Defense, the Department of Energy, all have cluster programs, they all have hub programs, which is a recognition of uh, the importance of this initiative and is actually a reflection of the success uh, of the IMCP initiative that AMCC has been supporting for a decade. From small seas, big oaks
1: grow. That voice was Philip Singerman, longtime leader from the United States Department of Commerce, and now with AMCC, talking about the importance of your work strengthening American manufacturing from the bottom up. His interview coming up next on the podcast Manufacturing and American Century.
0: Welcome, Americans. You're listening to the podcast, Manufacturing and American Century, with your host, Matt Bagosian.
1: Hey there, this is Matt Bagosian. Welcome to the podcast, Manufacturing an American Century. We're delighted today to have with us a Philip Singerman. Hey, Phil, how are you doing?
0: Hi, Matt. How are you? It's great to be with you. Thanks for doing all of these.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's great it's great to have you on the podcast, Manufacturing in American Century. You have a long history strengthening American manufacturing and your work is well known by national leaders and many in regions across the country and in the 1990s you served as the US Assistant Secretary of Commerce for Economic Development and for many years you served as the director for innovation of the Department of Commerce's National Institute. You've been recognized as a national innovator in public-private partnerships that promote economic development, job creation, won numerous awards for your public service, Phil. You've taught, you've written all about this along the way, and and now you're working with AMCC to continue to help regions uh, across the country. Tell us a little bit about how and why you gravitated to this important work.
0: So, you know, my career, over several decades has been in technology-based and manufacturing and innovation uh, economic development at the federal, state, and local levels. Uh, So that's been my career, it's been my passion, Uh, and I've had the opportunity to serve um, uh, in various leadership roles, to serve on various boards and, um, and other organizations. And now I'm privileged to work with you, Matt, and the team that you've assembled with AMCC and the broad range of national stakeholders, local communities that are developing their manufacturing ecosystems, and it's, a, it's really a pleasure and an honor to be able to uh, uh, lend some uh, advice and uh, some of my experience to this uh, once-in-a-lifetime, really, opportunity
1: yeah, well, let's talk about that a little bit, you know, Phil, to your point. I mean, in recent years, you know, over and over again, we hear from presidents, business leaders, and others about the importance of manufacturing to the American project overall. I mean, um, why is manufacturing such a critical cornerstone of the American economy?
0: So it's, it, it has not always been recognized as such. Uh, after World War II, of course, uh, we were the dominant industrial power in the world, uh, and we uh, really didn't fear any, any competition from any c- countries or companies in, in other countries, and we used our economic might to um, ensure a safe and secure uh, world order. Uh, and, and that legacy of uh, globalization and free trade Over time, it uh, changed as uh, other countries, uh, Japan, South Korea, uh, 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 the Southeast Asian countries in general, uh, the Western European countries revived from uh, World War II with significant help from us. And so our, our kind of dominance in industrial activity and specifically manufacturing began naturally to wane starting in the late 1970s. What has become apparent over the last, I would say two decades, is the realization that our technological prowess, which really fueled our victory in World War II and uh, gained us leverage in in, uh, world security issues subsequent to that, was closely intertwined to our manufacturing capability. And as our manufacturing base eroded, our innovation capability uh, declined as well. And so the, rec- the recent recognition in the last two decades, particularly the last decade, was that without a strong manufacturing base, our innovation capacity has, has, um, has dissipated. And, that's, and we need to restore that to, to maintain our economic vitality. And so now we're starting to
1: get back at it, is what you're saying, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And and tell us, uh, you know, like why these recent federal interventions, uh, you know, these, these new bills, like in the last just couple of years, right. uh, have really uh, uh, kind of set the tone for this American renaissance for manufacturing.
0: Well, we, we always respond to a crisis, and there have been really dual crises, more than a number of crises, of course. One is COVID, which um, revealed the fragility of our, of our global supply chains. Uh, there was, uh, of course, the climate crisis, which has revealed the uh, over-dependence on fossil fuels and the need to pivot to other sources of uh, renewable and more sustainable energy and of course the strategic and economic challenge of China, uh, which uh, has brought into focus the, the, um, the connection between economic activity and, and security, security capabilities. That was not a problem when our competitors were Japan and South Korea and Western Europe, who were in the former case client states and in the latter allies, but China's a strategic ad- adversary and uh, the, they t- are taking advantage of their economic prowess to gain political uh, and, and p- political uh, advantage. So those it seems to be that those three, uh, and there, I'm sure there are others, those three drivers have um, elevated the importance of <clears throat> innovation and manufacturing into the public consciousness and actually into a bipartisan consensus. Uh, 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 around the importance of supporting these programs,
1: yeah, and we've had really historic investments in in trying to uh, you know uh, uh, react. Uh, you know, we had the American Rescue Plan, right. the bipartisan infrastructure law, the Chips and Science That's Act, right. the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, you know, tell us about uh, you know. Uh, how these investments are so historic, you know, compared to, uh, to uh, you know, your decades of working in economic Right. Development.
0: Right. Well, they're really they really unprecedented. Uh, uh, not since um, World War II has there been such a mobilization of resource, concentration and mobilization of resources to uh, address a, a, a finite set of finite set of challenges. There have been ch- technological challenges in the past, for example, the Project Apollo to put a man on the moon uh, absorbed significant amounts of research and development activity. But focusing on the broad range of manufacturing and innovation capabilities that this the legislation that you uh, described uh, are, are supporting is, is really, um, uh, as I mentioned, un- unprecedented. And it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity uh, for um, for the country to really regain and restore its uh, its industrial capabilities. We're very strong in some areas, but we're very weak in others. For example, we still in in you mentioned the Chips and Science Act in the semiconductor uh, uh, sector, where we, we uh, a sector that we created in the 1950s. Uh, We still lead in design um, uh, of of new chips but the manufacturing of those chips and in particular the packaging of chips is something that uh, is done overseas and uh, the challenges of COVID and uh, climate change and uh, China have um, revealed uh, the dependence and uh, strategic weakness that we have in that sector. And so the Chips and Science Act is a modest attempt uh, to begin to restore our capabilities in that in, in the leading sectors, in uh, leading technologies in that sector. So, as
1: important as these historic investments by the federal government are, you know, can you describe why it's so important for? all kinds of stakeholders at the regional level, you know, public stakeholders in cities, uh, counties and states and private stakeholders and companies, investors, nonprofits, et cetera, why it's important that that they work together to align their talents and resources and initiatives to take those investments and add other ones to them, you know, to to really strengthen uh, uh, American manufacturing.
0: That's a a great question, Matt. So there's a long tradition in economics of uh, a century of recognition that clustering matters, that there there are uh, multiplicative, uh, indeed exponential uh, consequences to a clustering of research, manufacturing, entrepreneurship, capital, and workforce. Think Detroit in the 1940s and the 1950s. Uh, we sort of took that for granted, and uh, I think realized that that clustering is not—it uh, it has natural origins, uh, or and, it's, and in many cases actually um, state-induced uh, origins. Think of uh, defense investments in World War II and the consequences uh, for uh, locational activity subsequently, subsequent to that. Uh, in the 1990s. Michael Porter's work, "Competitive Advantage of Nation," really signaled uh, the importance of uh, intentional efforts to support clustering. And in fact, EDA in the 1990s was uh, one of the first federal agencies to recognize and support uh, those uh, studies and those in, those initiatives. Uh, and now we recognize uh, that in the the over reliance on globalization has really reduced the productivity of our communities, our companies, and our our citizens to the detriment of our our consumers. And so it's the the principles behind regional innovation ecosystems, regional manufacturing uh, ecosystems, which is the basis of the stakeholder community that supports AMCC, is recognized as crucial to the uh, economic resurgence and recovery of the United States and indeed every federal program, the National Agency, the National Science Foundation, the Economic Development Administration, the Department of Defense, the Department of Energy, all have cluster programs, they all have hub programs, which is a recognition of uh, the importance of this initiative and is actually a reflection of the success uh, of the IMCP initiative that AMCC has been supporting for a decade. Uh, from small seeds, big oaks grow, and uh, it's, a, it's, it's a really a tribute to, Matt, the work of you and all of our colleagues that uh, this uh, model has permeated into the very highest levels of the federal government uh, and state governments and has um, unleashed enormous amounts of resources.
1: Yeah, it's very exciting, uh, you know, from Little Acorns, Phil, yeah, uh, but it, it does take a village. And and that's the good news is we have all of these regional leaders out there in public and private uh, entities uh, starting to work together to row together toward uh, toward better outcomes. Um, and, you know, throughout your career, you've been all about the evidence, uh, you know, Phil, like, you know, uh, in your government service, you know these government interventions to spur economic development. We've got to show concrete results for those correct, interventions, correct. and and doing that's tough work. I mean, our economy and society is a complex system, and and you've actually recently written about it. I mean, it's early days in building the kind of complex system science um, to demonstrate that progress. But tell our listeners about the importance of building better ways to measure. Right. The connections between the, you know, the program interventions that we're all working, you know, on to the outcomes we want to produce, like better jobs, making better products that solve problems, and you know, uh, add uh, add to add to human value.
0: You're, you're, you're absolutely right, Matt. And uh, fortunately, we're 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 not we don't have to create this de novo. Uh, various federal agencies and and. Think tanks have been working in this space for a number of years. Uh, The paper that you mentioned, uh, Measuring What Matters, with my former colleague from um, NIST MEP, uh, Ken Wojtek, uh, talks about, summarizes some of the existing literature and particularly draws upon uh, two models, one from the Manufacturing Extension Partnership and how they uh, the, their, their very rigorous cadence of, of uh, measuring the performance of the manufacturing extension partnership programs on specific companies, a quarterly independent review of the impact of specific technical support uh, on specific companies, which then, then builds up to um, an overall impact on the nation. It's really the gold standard and the Economic Development Administration's logic model, uh, the theory of the case from inputs to, uh, uh, to program a- uh, outcomes. Uh, these are two, I think, very well-developed uh, and uh, applicable models for communities, companies, organizations, and regions uh, to, to follow. And I'm very pleased that uh, AMCC Uh, has really leaned forward in that space and has uh, devoted significant attention with support from the Department uh, the Economic Development Administration to develop such tools at the next level, looking not only at specific companies, but also at regions and the impact of programs and activities on an entire regional ecosystem.
1: Yeah, and, and you mentioned the the MEP program, which, which stands for the Manufacturing Extension Partnership. For listeners out there, uh, it's you know it's good to 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 be reminded that you know we have um, you know uh, a federal investments in every state of the union trying to help strengthen American manufacturing. You know, depending on when you measure it, we have two to three hundred thousand manufacturers across the United States. And you know, some most of them, heck, the large share of them are small and medium-sized right. companies. And so, uh, so they they need an ecosystem of support to strengthen, uh, you know, the work that they do to make smarter products. And that requires a whole bunch of teamwork <laughs> in regions across the country, from workforce development to get people well trained there to. To getting uh, you know the cutting edge equipment uh, that that to compete in the 21st century, to to address supply t- chain chain issues and 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 get you know uh, the necessary capital to expand and to export products, um, yeah, all of those all of those activities uh, we all need to work together um, to advance them and and to measure them all the way. So we have. So we have um, you know a greater uh, likelihood to get the outcomes that we want. Um, uh, Phil, uh, tell tell a little bit more about the importance of this uh, this footprint that the federal government has uh, in every state, because I, because I think it's not well known enough. It's not a panacea to strengthening American manufacturing. Everyone else needs to participate in it, but it, it's it we have a long. Uh, tradition of uh, 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 trying to trying to help our American manufacturers in fact it goes back to the founding of the nation I mean mm-hmm. Alexander Hamilton and and George Washington were, were focused on uh, uh, federal assistance to manufacturers and and it's uh, really continued in in, in uh, uh, some ways with this uh, manufacturing extension partnership MEP program
0: right uh, so MEP is is one of several uh, Many federal initiatives to support manufacturing. Uh, the Defense Manufacturing Community Support Program from uh, DoD is is another is another example. Uh, EDA has uh, economic development districts and university technical centers, technical assistance centers that also support manufacturers, among other uh, economic development um, actors in in the regional level. I think what's interesting about the MEP program it's it's a federal investment in the range of 200 million dollars a year allocated across 50 states and uh, the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico uh, with a, a one-to- 1 to generally a 1 to 1 cost share so it's about a 350 to 400 million dollar program that supports uh, thousands of companies that provide specific uh, technical assistance to thousands of companies a year and uh, many of which these uh, centers are uh, members of other consortia, local consortia, and also members of AMC, stakeholders at AMCC. What I think is also interesting, and you mentioned uh, Alexander Hamilton, the first uh, Secretary of the Treasury. So the states have, in our federal system, the states have been an essential building block and component of our industrial, industrial innovation our industrial policy, if you will. So think, uh, in fact, uh, Alexander Hamilton's first initiative was uh, to uh, encourage the state of New Jersey to incorporate a public-private partnership to uh, take advantage of the Great Falls of the Passaic River for textile production and to give a 10-year tax abatement to that facility, so the uh, our, our our reliance upon uh, s- states to advance our industrial policy goes back, and it continues now. The Chips Act, fu- the Chips Act's um, uh, uh, so, uh, investments in uh, f- uh, semiconductor fab- fabs. Uh, is based upon local organizations providing uh, incentives that will then be evaluated and matched by the federal government. So from Alexander Hamilton to semiconductors, it's a straight line of, through the states.
1: Right, right. But you, you, you bring up a good point, Phil. And, you know, it's, the, it's that all the players in the ecosystem, you really need to um, absorb and leverage these federal investments, you know, for the benefit of of the whole project, Um, you know, we're finding, you know, many states, uh, to your point, uh, are uh, getting focused on uh, how they can help um, uh, strengthen the manufacturing ecosystem in in complementary ways to these federal investments and and other private uh, actors out there. Um, Some states have state manufacturing strategies. Uh, they, have, they have chief manufacturing officers. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exciting trend to see all the parts of the ecosystem uh, you know, come together to, to row in the same direction. Uh, you know, but it's a, it's a long-term project um, and uh, we're, we're lucky to have, uh, have you, uh, you know, helping, helping uh, us uh, at AMCC and all the regional leaders around the country Um, you know, uh, uh, really bring a science to this uh, so that we can have more predictable outcomes. I'd be remiss if I didn't say how much we appreciate your giving uh, your valuable input into our AMCC uh, strategic plan in 2021, Phil. Now we're honored that you're part of AMCC as a senior advisor for performance measurement. That's awesome. Tell us why you're helping AMCC and, and the regional leaders who are Carrying out this bottom up economic development
0: approach? So, uh, the, the reason is that the states have always been leading. The states and the regions have always been leading. And now, the Fed on, on regional economic activity and programs. Think laboratories of democracy. David Osborne wrote an excellent book in the 1980s looking at. I think a do, half a dozen to 10 state governors, including a, a, a governor from a small sta- the small state of Arkansas, uh, Dick Thornburg, the Republican governor of, uh, of Pennsylvania, who developed innovative programs, which later were, have been modeled and copied by the, uh, by the federal programs. So the states is where the action begins and where the action continues. And And you're not
1: talking state governments you're just talking you know uh state
0: government but in both senses state governments as well as states and 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 multi-state regions economic economic regions uh that's you you talked about the bottom up and building blocks that's where this economic activity takes place and that's where the leadership has to take place and as you pointed out correctly to, to leveraging the federal resources that are flowing through local organizations, universities, economic development organizations, uh, private companies, uh, to, to advance our manufacturing and innovation ecosystems. So working at that level, I think, is um, a place where AMCC has decided to make a big difference and I th- where I, I think I can contribute. I, I was I, I was fortunate to, in addition to my federal uh, experience to um, be involved uh, at the uh, at the origins of the Ben Franklin partnership in Pennsylvania which is now celebrating its 40th anniversary and the Maryland Technology Development Corporation which is celebrating its 25th anniversary so uh, when one talks about financial um, adding va- demonstrating value through financial s- support from the public and the private sector, um, those are two examples of, of, of programs at the state level that uh, have contributed to their states and have been rewarded, and many other states have similar programs. So I think states, the look, local regions is where the action is.
1: Yeah, and you talked about leadership. That this is really. You know, uh, all about leadership and and, and trying to uh, you know help uh, help regional leaders uh, become systems leaders from whatever perch they happen to occupy. Um, you know, do you have any final messages for those regional leaders that that uh, look to you and 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 others uh, with uh, experience on on strengthening? Uh, America's uh, economic development you know any final messages on how to you know continue to do this good hard work
0: yes so thank you for asking that question um, so the good news is we have a decentralized diverse and dynamic national economic ecosystem the bad news is we have a diverse dynamic decentralized, economic, national economic ecosystem. We are fragmented at the, at the federal level and we are centralized at the state and local levels. Uh, it creates a very highly innovative and comp- competitive and, and innovative economy, but it also uh, does not encourage collaboration, coordination, the whole is not equal to the sum of its parts, so working together is critical. We um, are we are the we are an outlier in terms of national industrial policy. Uh, Germany also has a federal system, which they leverage much more efficiently than we do. But other countries are all nationally directed. Our challenge is to organize our collective. Capabilities to compete on a global stage, and so organizations such as AMCC are critical to bringing together stakeholders that can maximize their capabilities and affect national policy.
1: It's been great to have you on the podcast, Manufacturing an American Century, uh, Senior Advisor for Performance Measurement at AMCC, and. Uh, the BFF uh, for a long time. Phil Singerman, thanks
0: so much. Thank you, Matt. I look forward to being invited back.
1: You can learn more about AMCC by joining our weekly mailing list at AmericanMCC.org backslash subscribe. If you're a manufacturer, economic development professional, workforce and trading person, capital provider, or work in any field critical to American manufacturing, send us a note. We'd love to hear about progress from your part of the ecosystem and join us on our Monday calls. The next episode of this podcast, Manufacturing in American Century, will be coming out soon. So in the meantime, spread the word by sharing about AMCC and the podcast on your Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook. Manufacturing in American Century is available on Spotify and all major podcast platforms. Thanks for our production partners, AMCC Operations Director David Van Sicklin, and Mr. Mike McCallan from Podcasting for Associations. That's it for now. I'm Matt Boghossian with you, Manufacturing an American Century.
0: And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. My fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man.